Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. That was unreal. You may take your seats. Uh, and let's put our hands together for Jesus. I think he's pretty cool. Do you think this mic is going to work? It does. Peter. Amazing. Well, yes, in case you haven't gathered, it is Pentecost Sunday today, uh, which is a very exciting day in the, in the Christian calendar. Um, I hope that you kind of got a little bit of an understanding of maybe some of the feelings that people might have felt that day when the Holy Spirit came and people started standing up and speaking in all these unknown languages. Maybe some of you thought, oh, what's going on? Are these guys drunk? I can assure you that they are not drunk. It is only 10.38 in the morning. It's a little Bible joke there. Um, No, we did arrange that, uh, but you guys did amazing. Thank you all for doing it. Um, so I, I'm very excited, um, ooh, shouldn't do that, um, to speak on Pentecost Sunday because my whole testimony revolves around when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was this kid who would come to church every single day with my parents and um, some people can remember I would sit about here um, and I would usually sit down during worship. I didn't really care much about that. Um, when Pastor Ray was preaching, I would be drawing pictures of him in my little book that I brought to entertain myself Um, and really I just wasn't that interested until this night uh, after a youth camp that I didn't even go on because I kind of felt like I was a bit too cool you know not really interested in that I just came to pick up my sister who'd gone to this youth camp and it was a Sunday night and Pastor Mark was preaching this amazing message no idea what it was about but it was good I'm sure Um, and I remember sitting kind of back with my mum kind of waiting for things to finish. I actually went to that, to that instead of the morning church um, because it was a shorter service and I wanted to like, you know, get through it a bit quicker. But God had different plans because that night uh, as I was standing at the back, for the first time in my life, I felt God speak to me. I felt this like this impression on my heart that as Mark stood and said, if anyone wants to get baptised in the Holy Spirit, come down the front. I felt like I need to do this. I actually need to respond. And so for the first time in my life, I actually took steps to walk closer to God, to, to follow what he was saying for me. And uh, my life completely changed. Like, it, is, it was my BC and AD. Like, it was this moment where I can look back in my life where this, this line was drawn and my life completely changed. I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know what that was until then. I started speaking in this language that I had never been taught, I had never known existed, and I started speaking this language. And, and, and it was the moment for me where I realised that Jesus Christ was alive in me. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus died, he gave himself for me so that I may know him and that he may be in me, that I may experience this life that he brings, life eternal that he brings. And, and, and it changed everything, even to the point that I started changing the music I listened to because Jesus was alive in me and I wanted to listen to things that, that glorified him and that reminded me of him. I, I changed the way I talked, I changed the way I walked, the way I acted. I, at school, I started telling people about Jesus and 
inviting them to church and to youth. And, and seriously, every single element of my life changed. My priority order changed in the day. I wanted to make sure that everything I did was, was putting God first. And, and I actually started reading the Bible. Yeah. And do you know what? I actually started to understand bit by bit things in the Bible because the Holy Spirit started to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm saying to you, you know, and, and started to, uh, to, to make sense of things in the Word. It was the Holy Spirit that changed my life. And um, you might have had that experience. And I'm so grateful you maybe have given your life to Jesus and this whole world has become known to you. And maybe you're here and you haven't done that. And I just pray this morning that God, he is already, we know, he is tapping on the window of our heart. He's saying, hey, I'm here. I love you. I gave myself for you. Will you, will you let me in? And I pray this morning, if you haven't done that, that this morning will be the morning that you invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. And maybe you have been wanting to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe like me, you'd never even heard about it. But as this morning's been going on and as it will continue to go on, maybe you're like, actually, I want that. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I think that's all that we need. I think all it is is that we, we need to have this hunger for God to actually want more of Him. And, and that's why we chose that song as well. It's not like fire, fire, fire of God. It's, it's I surrender. I want to know you more. I hunger and thirst for you. And so um, why don't we right now, I know I prayed before, but let's just pray again. If you want to have that posture before God of, I don't know what it is that you want for me, but I want it. I want more of you. I want to I bring myself before you and say, Lord, whatever it is, will you, will you stoke a fire in my heart? Will you send your, the, the, the wind of your Holy Spirit like they did in Acts? Whatever. You might not even know the right words, but if that is your heart posture this morning, that's just saying, Lord, I want to know you more. I want what you have for me. Will you stretch your hands out in front of you as this sign before God? And together, as we are sitting, like on the day of Pentecost, all together in one place, they were sitting. That's what we're doing. Let's pray and ask God to do something mighty. Father God, we thank you that you've actually already done something mighty. You've given us your son. You've sacrificed your life. But today as your children, we want to say, Lord, what is it that you have for us? Will you speak to us? Will you move in our hearts? Lord, we want to put aside any distractions, any things that might be on our mind. And we want to say, Holy Spirit, come. We're saying, Lord, that we're hungry for you. We're knocking. We're seeking. We're asking, Lord, and we trust that you will open the door and that you will speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. As you can gather, I'm excited about this morning. <laughs> but you know what? I actually felt like it was a bit of a weird week for me to be speaking in the Holy Spirit. Um, just, okay, this is the story. I feel like you kind of need to be really super spiritual to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, and this week just gone, the revelation that I felt God speak to me was that I'm pretty ordinary. No, seriously. I felt like God said to me, Tash, you're ordinary. And this came at a time when um, I had just been watching uh, this, this silly show on Netflix, this movie called Falling in Love. It's, um, <laughs> don't even bother looking it up. You won't like it. I'll just tell you that. Um, but I'd finished watching it and uh, I had kind of known, all right, there's probably something that I need to deal with. I don't know. Maybe girls can relate. Sometimes there's just like a bit of emotion inside of you and you're like, I need to, I don't know what this is, what, what's happening to me. But anyway, um, so instead of dealing with that, I put on a show and then I remember Josh's message about spending time with Jesus and I thought, okay, 
turn the movie off. Well, I, I still waited till the end of the movie. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't watch another one, so <laughs> that's good. Um, and, and I just started to cry. Like, I just had this little emotional time and I was just crying about something. And, and you know what God's chosen words of comfort to me were? You're ordinary. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I'm ordinary. And, you know, it is humbling to hear, but it actually is something that I find calming to hear. Actually, I find it kind of comforting to hear that because I know that I'm ordinary and it's nice to know that I'm allowed to be ordinary. You know, it's, it's nice to know that I don't need to try and, you know, stoke something up and be like someone that I'm not and be like really cool or I don't know what it is. But it's just nice to know that God's like, hey, you know, you can be ordinary. You can be the way that I made you, you know. That's okay to be ordinary. And there was these two guys in the Bible called Peter and John, and they were also okay with being ordinary. We're going to look at their story, but I also want to say that I reckon every man and every woman that God has ever used powerfully, all the ones that we read about in the Bible, they were all pretty ordinary as well. But they had an extraordinary God. And so in Acts 3, we hear how Peter and John, these ordinary guys, had just had an encounter with this man at the Gate of Beautiful. And this man, he had never been able to walk a day in his life. He was 40 years old. He'd been born lame. And so he would sit at this gate and he would reach up his hands to people and he would beg. He would beg for whatever he could get. And so Peter and John, they come through to walk through the gate and they lock eyes with this man and he reaches up their hands to him for, for something. And, 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 and Peter and John respond, silver or gold, I do not have but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And this man, for the first time in 40 years, this is a true story, he gets up on his feet and he starts to walk. And as you can imagine, all the people who'd seen this man for 40 years sitting at the gate were amazed. They were astonished, the Bible says. They were like, what? This is crazy. And so they came running up to Peter and John, and this is what it says in verse 12. When Peter saw this, the, the you know, astonished crowd that was there, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, may I remind you. You disowned him before Pilate, though Pilate had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you, may I add. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses of this. And by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him, it's not even our faith. It's the faith that comes through him has, that has completely healed him, as you all can see. These guys said, stop staring at us, okay? I'm embarrassed. This is not me. It's God. It's his power. It's his strength. It's his godliness. It's not me. It's not even my faith that comes through me. It's, it's, it's all from him, through him, and for him. And Peter, he keeps preaching until he catches the attention of him. And they don't really like his message. They arrest him, throw him in jail. That's when you know you're preaching really good. 
someone arrest you. <laughs> mm, maybe not. But this time they were preaching really good. Got thrown in jail, stayed the night there. The next day they got brought before this, uh, all the important people, right, of the temple um, to give a testimony. And they ask a really, really, really important question, these guys, the, uh, the big wigs of the town. They say, we'll read it together, 4 verse 7, by what power or by what name did you do this? Right, open-ended question. Peter loves it. He takes his opportunity. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he says to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone which you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found, he says, in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Notice it is the same story on repeat for Peter. And that is, it's all Jesus. And just a little note, I really love, if we can get the verse back up, I love that it says that it is, oh, sorry, the one before yeah, he says, it's an act of kindness. He could have called it an act of power, because it was. It was God's power working through them. But he called it an act of kindness. And I feel like sometimes, we as Christians, we can really quite enjoy that idea of power. You know, like God working through us and, and, and you know, being able to have a bit of a, you know, power trip and say, I said to this mountain, move from here to there, and it moved. Woo! Look at me go. But that is not really what it's all about. Peter highlighted that God used his power for an act of kindness. Romans 12 says that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. This actually had something to do with blessing someone's life, and God is really into that. Yes, of course, all throughout the word, there's signs and wonders and miracles, but it is always for the betterment of someone. It's always to bless someone's life. It's never just for a power trip for an individual. So anyway, after this amazing preach, um, the response of all those important people listening was this in verse 13. When they saw the courage that Peter and John had, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that they had been with Jesus. They were unschooled, ordinary men, yet they had been with Jesus. And I love reading this because, right, I am ordinary. Any ordinary people in the place? Yeah? Phew. I'm pretty ordinary at lots of things, really. Basketball's one of them. Uh, uh, this could go on. But year five, um, I was in uh, my basketball team, and um, we'd been practicing all year. We'd been doing a good job. We made it into finals, right? But not just finals. It was like the final final. I don't even know what you call that, like the finale. Oh, the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> we'd made it to the grand final, sorry. 
And um, yeah, we were, we were there and I was excited, I had my gear on, I was a little bit nervous and, you know, I came up to the coach like ready for the big day and he said, ah, perhaps it's better you uh, sit out on this one. <gasps> right? He said, Tash, you're pretty ordinary at basketball. We don't need you in the final. Oh, cut me. Cut me deep. But it's true, right? I, I was pretty ordinary at basketball. And, you know, another thing I'm pretty ordinary at is singing. And this is really, really strange phenomenon that happens. Okay, I'm not kidding. I wish I was. Every time I start singing, someone turns the music on. Seriously. They find music somewhere and they turn it on to drown my voice out. This has happened countless times. Brock, can Brock has done this himself. <laughs> like we're driving with our friends and, and I start singing something. I need to stop that habit. But anyway, I do and they're like, oh, who wants to put some songs on? We should, we should play something. Or, you know, it could be a little bit subtle. They're just turning up of the radio, you know, drowning me out. Sometimes I like to think maybe I just really inspire them. You know, I'm so good at singing. It's like, oh, wow, she sounds like... Mariah Carey, like I just, we need to play a little bit of, a little bit of something. Uh, it's not that. It's not. It's, um, I'm ordinary. Actually, do you know what ordinary is probably a nice word to describe my singing? I'm an ordinary person, right? But imagine if one day I pulled up at youth ministry and everyone's like out there playing basketball and I grab the basketball and I start shooting hoops and dropping dimes and making it rain, right? Everyone would be like, what? Where did you learn that? Right? Imagine if I just started singing one day and I sounded like... Austin hasn't got my cue. I sounded like... I don't want a lot for Christmas There is just one I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas. you probably give me a big round of applause, so thank you, everyone, right? But it would be crazy, because I do not sound like that, right, bro? Sorry to humiliate you. I don't. When they started doing these amazing things all around the place, when they started preaching up this storm in front of all these elders and bigwigs, they were all like, what? All the people watching were like, what? You guys aren't like this, right? You're unschooled. You're ordinary. You can't shoot hoops. You can't sing very well. You, you don't do these sorts of things. Like, this isn't you. You're just, you're just ordinary. And straight away, without hesitation, Peter and John, they reply to the crowd. They don't say, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, I've, I've learned a thing or two. Oh, I am pretty good, you know. It's just... Uh, Something I've just, you know, kind of always had, just like this natural little thing, this little 
you know. No, they didn't say that. They said, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us is as if by our own power or godliness that we have made this man walk? It's not our power. It's not our godliness. It's not our strength. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So if you're just an ordinary person, which we all put our hands up before, watch out. Because you are a perfect candidate for God to work through you. Sometimes I feel like we do think we need to be extra godly. We need to know everything about God that there is to know before God can use us. But it is just not the case. Peter said, why do you stare? It's not, it's not even our godliness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. We can't even take the glory for the times when we resist sin and keep ourselves blameless because we're not keeping ourselves blameless. It is God who keeps us blameless. It is God who sanctifies us through and through. It says that he will do it. We, we can't take the credit. And Peter and John, they, they caught this. They knew I am an ordinary man with a pretty extraordinary God. And if you've read anything about Peter, you know that what he's saying, he's not lying. Right? What he's saying is, is pretty true. It is actually crazy, the courage that Peter had. Not too long ago, Peter really wasn't doing very well. Do you remember that? You know, he would always say the wrong thing at the wrong time. He'd chop someone's ear off. Like he, he denied Jesus. He, he actually, not only did he deny Jesus, but he, he left Jesus in his greatest time of need. Like, and then when Jesus left... He went back into his old habits after all these years of training that Jesus had taught him. He just slipped back into what he was doing before, right? You know, Peter was a pretty ordinary guy. But now, here he is, after being thrown in jail, telling everyone who could throw him back in jail, telling the same people who not too long ago had literally killed Jesus, telling them that Jesus is the only way in which they can be saved, telling them about how amazing Jesus is and that they must know him, right? Talk about courage. Talk about change. What happened? Pentecost happened. Turn to somebody and say, Pentecost happened. It did. It happened. And it changed Peter's life. So Pentecost, it's actually quite an ordinary word. It literally means the 50th day. It's the second of three great Jewish feasts. Um, and it's the feast in which they celebrate this, the, the harvest that's just come in. So it makes sense as to why it says in Acts 2, suddenly a sound of blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, okay? Because they were feasting. They were, they were doing what their tradition was at Pentecost, which was to celebrate. They were being thankful. That is the scene that the Holy Spirit came into, that and constant prayer, it says in Acts 1. But this morning, rather than just reading Acts 2, which is the classic chapter, we, we heard it from um, the amazing deep voice of, of Eric, um, if in case you didn't know, I just pointed him out. But we're going to read a bit more from Acts 1, where Jesus explains what the whole deal is with the Holy Spirit and what it means for his disciples and what it means 
for us. So just before Jesus is lifted off into heaven, uh, he spends 40 days on earth and he hangs out with his friends, he eats food, he chats with them. And this is one of the things that he says in um, for verse 1, Acts 1, 4 to 5. Let's say that. Okay. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then he says again in verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what do we learn? Three things. Wait for the promise or gift. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And three, you will receive power to bear witness. So this first thing, wait for the promise, the root word here is meno, which is abide, to dwell, to tarry, basically to take your time. And promise is a divine assurance of, of good or blessing. So we can clearly understand that Jesus is saying, guys, whatever you do, please don't leave Jerusalem. I have something that I want to give you. I have something that I want to give you to empower you for the things that I have your, coming your way. And so... Yeah, he says, do not leave Jerusalem. Stay and wait. And, you know, I've, I've come across a few people, and I'm sure you might have too, where people who, who, you know, want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit but have found for one reason or another that they haven't been able to. And so sometimes what people can do is they can get frustrated or they can feel really inadequate and not good enough. Why, why, didn't it happen? why aren't I speaking in tongues? And they can just get up and leave Jerusalem, you know what I'm saying, prematurely. But that's not what Jesus calls us to do. He says to stay and to wait. But what we can do sometimes is we can leave our hunger behind for God to fill us with his spirit or to give us the ability to speak in heaven's language. We can leave behind our desire for God to do the supernatural or to work healings and miracles in our lives. But what did Jesus instruct his disciples to do? He said to be patient because God will fulfill his promise. We just need to make sure that we don't leave Jerusalem, right? We just need to make sure that we're still open. We're still searching God out. We're still hungry that we haven't shut the door and, and, and start treating prophecies with contempt like it says in 1 Thessalonians. Our job is to stay there, pray, stay hungry, wait and celebrate, right? That's what the disciples were doing. They were celebrating in the waiting. And so if you are waiting for the Holy Spirit, if you're waiting for something, let me encourage you to celebrate whilst you wait. There is so much to celebrate, right? Jesus died for us so that we may know him and have life, life abundant, life eternal. He took away our sins, right? There's so much to celebrate. So let's celebrate. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. First thing, wait for the promise. Second thing, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, Jesus said. And this references John 7, verse 38 to 39, where Jesus says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this is talking about Pentecost. This is talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I love it because not only has Jesus promised that we could be in his presence, but he has promised that his presence can be in us. 
It's this idea of full submersion like you get when you are baptised in water from head to toe. It's like we're baptised, but not just our body. It's our soul. It's our heart. It's our spirit. It's our inner being that is fully submerged in the things of God. It's living water, right? What God flows in us isn't just meant to sit in us gathering ducks, right? It flows back out of us. It's this living water. I'm connecting this. So I just looked at the time, but you know what? We've got lots of time. In Jesus' name, we've got to, what is it, 1.30, 2, two o'clock? Yeah. Um, connecting it to with the last point, you will receive power. It's kind of where I want to finish it. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you will be my witnesses. Right. But notice Jesus says, stay because you will receive power. Not that you will become powerful. There's actually a big difference. Because the power we get comes from Jesus, right? Take note, they've been with Jesus, right? It comes from him. It remains as his power. We are just simply these funnels in which it passes. And I have a little illustration for you today. Oh, it involves maybe me getting something from back here. We have this here just in case um, one of these fire, these candles start a fire, so don't worry. Right, okay, we're all just like this um, ordinary, humongous funnel <laughs> that um, we found at Bunnings. It is pretty big, hey? But anyway, um, we'll come in different shapes and sizes, and uh, this is the, the shape of this funnel. But we're all like this ordinary funnel that God sees, He chooses, And he decides to empower us and to give us this gift, which I'm hoping will flow because it certainly flowed on the Holy Spirit day, Pentecost day. Alicia? Oh, we go. Oh, it's making so much noise. Um, But this is an example. I'm sorry it's over here. We didn't have a long enough hose. But we are just like these ordinary funnels, right, that Jesus decides to empower with his Holy Spirit. But do you know what? I reckon it would be pretty funny if this funnel was like, wow, oops, look at me. Aren't I awesome? Aren't I so cool? Like, look at this water flowing through me. Isn't that amazing? Like, I am so powerful and so talented because, right, firstly, funnels don't talk, so that would be very weird. But secondly... Even if they did talk, and the water stops, right? Because the water isn't coming from the funnel. The water is coming from a greater source. And that's what happens. Like, at any moment, if we were taken out of the equation, God's spirit keeps flowing. His power keeps going. But how sad would that be? Because God has actually chosen us to be his instruments. He's chosen us to be his funnels in which he will pour out his spirit in which he will bless the nations, in which he will use to see people saved. He actually says, you get to be a part of this. You get to have my spirit fill you. You get to have my spirit flow through you. And the other amazing thing about this is on the days when we feel like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not godly enough. I'm not strong enough. Or maybe the days when you're feeling weak or there's something going on in your world and you're just like, man, I just can't do it. We can say, well, that's right. I can't. I'm, I'm just this ordinary funnel. But it gives us this opportunity to say, okay, God, I need you to fill me. I need your spirit to, to, to flow through me. 
right? With God, we have a purpose. With God, we have meaning. This funnel without, without any water, like what, what's the point of it, right? It looks, it looks a little bit weird. But with this, there comes a divine purpose. With the Spirit of God comes a divine purpose. That God wants to fill you up every moment of every day with His peace, with His power, with His Spirit, with His comfort, with His love, with His new mercies that are new every single day. Let's give it up for Alicia. She's the magic, magic behind her. But Jesus says that you will receive power from me. It's not something that you need to like, uh, like grit your teeth and, and, and try and, and gain. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, meaning in order to help my head from being puffed up, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God's power is for our weaknesses. It's not for our triumphs or our strength. The weaker we are, the more ordinary that we are, the stronger that we become because we aren't relying on our own strength. We're relying on the strength of Jesus. We are getting connected to the source. We're leaning on Jesus Christ, our Savior. Every difficulty, every bit of pain, every suffering and every weakness, we can get excited because we have an opportunity for Christ's power to rest on us, to get connected to the source. And so going back to Peter for the last time, How did Peter change? How did he gain the courage to speak boldly and do what he couldn't do before? Did he suddenly grow muscles and was like, did did he suddenly say whatever I want because if anyone comes at me, I can can beat him, right? Did, Did he suddenly grow a huge brain and a huge IQ and be like, I can talk my way out of anything? Did he suddenly become really good looking and be like, I can just distract everyone with how good looking I am. I can just charm my way out of things. No. Peter stayed the same. That comment, oh, these guys are ordinary, unschooled people. That came after the Holy Spirit, right? They came after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were still unschooled, ordinary people. They didn't become well-educated, extraordinary people. They stayed the same. Right, the same old funnel, but the funnel found its purpose. The funnel found a source and God did some amazing, life-changing things through him. And you know what? God wants to do some amazing, life-changing things through you. And maybe you're like, Mm-mm, not me. <laughs> do you know my past? Do you know my issues with anxiety? Do you know what I've been through. Do you know who I am? You know, God might want to use other people, but not me. To that, I would say Acts 2.17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people, right? All people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on your servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 
when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, it wasn't about, the, the, for me, the big thing wasn't the courage that I gained, even though I did gain courage. It wasn't about the, the power, you know. It wasn't about um, even like, you know, speaking in tongues, even though that's a, that's a cool gift that God gave us. For me, it was like I realised that my whole life I have been thirsty. My whole life I've been living in the darkness and now I have found my source. Now I know that Jesus is alive in me. It was like this moment for me where literally everything changed and I stopped being this and I desperately. And this morning, if you want to join me on your feet, God wants to do the same for you. You might feel like you are lacking. You might feel like you're, you're, you're spiritually in a bit of a wasteland. Or you might feel just like you are lonely and have no purpose and you're not sure where to go. The answer to all our questions is to come underneath the source, is to get connected with Jesus. Those guys said, take note, we have been with Jesus. They knew the difference was that they were in this relationship, that they had this connection with the creator of the universe. And right now there is an open heaven over us. Right, the Holy Spirit came. He is here. He is present. And all we need to do as these funnels is just come before Jesus with our arms out. You don't even need to have your arms out, to be honest. You know, just that's a little bit of a, a metaphor. But to come before Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to fill me. I need you to satisfy all my needs. I need you to save me. I can't do this by myself. I'm not good enough by myself. Lord, I need you. So will you close your eyes with me? And I just want to ask if there's anyone right now who wants that, who, who wants to be either baptised in the Holy Spirit or maybe you're just feeling like, yeah, I think I've just stepped out of that for a moment and I need that rivers of living water to, to flow through me again, to fill me up afresh. Let's just reach out our hands in front of us as a sign before God saying, God, will you fill me up? The tap is on here. It's not us trying to create something ourselves. It's just coming before Jesus saying, Jesus, will you fill me up with your Spirit? Jesus, will you pour those rivers of living water in me? I want the rivers of living water to come out of me. Remember what the disciples did. They celebrated, they praised, and they thanked God. And this morning, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, then I encourage you just out of your mouth right now, just to start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me your Holy Spirit. Just start thanking Him together, church. Let's lift up our voices in thanks before Him as they did in those days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The other thing they did is they asked. They waited. They stayed around with this expectation of, Lord, will you fill me? And we can ask that before God. He says, if you ask, the door will be open. If you knock, the door will be open. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. So Lord, right now we are seeking, we are asking, we are knocking. And I pray, Father God, that you will come like a mighty rushing wind. That you'll come and you will baptize your children in your Holy Spirit. That you'll come and you'll fill us up, Lord, with the source that we need, with your love and your life and your mercy. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this place. As we sing and lift up your name, God, I pray that there will be people who start speaking in unknown languages. I pray that there will be people who gain courage. I pray that there will be people who experience divine miracles in their life, that there will be healing. I 
Jesus, that there will be salvation in this place, God. We know that it's all from you, through you, and for you. So Jesus, have your way right now. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We're going to worship God together. Let's remain open and expectant of what God wants to do. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.